0: Our guest today, Krista Marie, is a registered nurse and a multiple NDEer and ste As a child, she was visited by Mother Mary and learned how to leave her body and fly around the world. In 1998, Krista sustained a traumatic brain injury and lost both her short and long-term memory as a result of a high-speed car accident. It also caused her first NDE and she returned with Amazing gifts, including the answers to nursing school tests her damaged memory could not retain. After her second NDE in 2020, Krista again returned with many gifts, such as the ability to heal others using a language known to her as the language of the light of the divine. Today, Krista helps people heal on an emotional, physical, and spiritual level by releasing and clearing that uh, which no longer serves them. Krista's other gifts and abilities include remote viewing, interpretive watercolors, transporting herself to other realms, clairaudience, clairvoyance, clairsentience, and claircognizance. Krista Marie, welcome to NDE Radio.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, it's great to have you. I think this is going to be a very interesting show for a lot of people out there. Let's begin. I had asked you the other day what your earliest memory was, and you said, You were in diapers when you visited your neighbor's house. What did you see there?
1: There was a picture hanging on the wall, and it was a giant tree. And on the right side of the tree, there was a path that was very dark. But at the end of the path, it led to light. And on the left side of the tree, the path was very bright and happy, but it ended up in darkness. And I looked at that picture, and I remember so vividly, thinking to myself I choose the light I'm going to take the path on the right
0: that dark ominous path that leads to the
1: <laughs> to the good place yes yes uh,
0: okay um you also said that you'd never really felt at home on earth and uh, oh. that's t- talk a little about that
1: well um My whole life growing up, you know, even as a child, I just, I was just asking, like, what am I even doing here? Like, what is this place? I don't feel like I'm from here. I didn't feel like my parents were my parents or my, you know, I just, I I didn't feel like I had any um, attachment to anything.
0: Hmm.
1: So it was. um I just felt like I was walking aimlessly.
0: And I think you told your, your brother that uh, you weren't from here and neither was he.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I had a visit from Mother Mary.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that first.
1: Yes. So I was in grade school and I woke up. I felt this presence in my room and I woke up and she was at the foot of the bed And I just felt so much love. We didn't, there weren't any words exchanged. um, But I knew something was happening. And when I laid down, I instantly started traveling. I flew out my window and just started traveling all around the world. And when I came back, I had a Bible next to my bed and I opened it up. And the first thing I read was, I have chosen you for greater things. And then the following night, Jesus was coming to me in my dreams. And I was receiving messages. And I was, I started having visions of the future. And all of this knowing started coming in. You know, I, I knew what was going on with my siblings, or i I knew about future plane crashes Um, and I shared some of it. I told my mom about it and she said, oh yeah, Jesus would come to his disciples in their dreams. And I thought, okay, well, um, I did keep a lot of it to myself because I started to like have this worry that people would think I was crazy, you know, just having so much information and knowing all of these things. So I was, I was mostly observing things happen after I was told. Mm. So after that happened, I said to my brother, I said, okay, I'm not from here and neither are you. And this is, these are not, this isn't my family. Like I'm not related (laughs) to these people. (laughs) I just (laughs) know it. And I said, and neither are you.
0: (laughs) What was his reaction?
1: He said, "You know, I don't think I am either." (laughs) And I said, "I'm telling you, you're not. I'm telling you, we are not from here."
0: (laughs) Wow. Have you kept him apprised of all the uh, things that have happened to you uh, supernaturally since then?
1: No, my family has no idea. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, it's that's kind of bizarre. Um, There, like. They just seem like they're people to me. I don't really have an attachment to them.
0: Mm.
1: You know, I I have a great love for them, but they're just like people.
0: When you had Jesus in your dreams, do you recall what he told you?
1: The only thing that I recall is just, it was like we were having a, a, there was a gathering and I was getting information about how things were going to be. but. I don't recall the specifics Mm -hmm. of it. I just, it was like, as if I was receiving these activations every time we met. But when I would wake up in the morning, I would again, open up my Bible. And I'm like, there's a message for me. And I kept landing on the truth will set you free.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then there was, another message that I would um, read and they were just very specific and they were, it was pretty much always the same one. Like don't pass any judgment. I always landed on the truth. will set you free. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay. And I know my inner knowing, my, like my higher self knew what the truth was, but my, I wasn't quite understanding everything yet. Mm
0: -hmm. And meanwhile, you were going through a Catholic uh, education that I think you said left you with feelings of fear and guilt and, and um, anything unusual has got to be from Satan rather than from God, that sort of thing.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. I carried so much fear because after Mary appeared to me and then Jesus, and then I'm traveling and I'm, I'm having like prophecy of the future. And, and then on the other hand, I'm being told, all of that is of the devil. So my younger years, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm doomed. You know, I'm going to hell for sure. Like there's, there's no hope for me. And then I thought, wow, what did I do wrong to create all of this? So there were all of these beliefs that I took on and, um, and that's why I kept a lot of it to myself. You know, I just, I just thought, wow, you know, and you're even told like even your thoughts, like no matter what you think, like you're gonna go to hell. And I thought, my gosh, like I'm I'm thinking all these things, like all these thoughts are coming into my mind, but they're of people being harmed, or they're of like this, you know, like miracles happening. But I took on the beliefs that it was all from the devil.
0: When you had a prophecy about something that was going to happen in your family, how did they take that? Did they uh, believe you?
1: They didn't understand. I would hear my sisters talking, like, how does she know all of this? Like, how, don't say anything to Krista. And then one of them would say, well, she's going to know anyway. She knows everything. How does she know this? (laughs)
0: Yikes. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I just got a sudden fantasy of, of the story of Cinderella and her sisters.
1: <laughs> That's exactly what it was like, because I could hear their conversations. Oh, my. Yeah.
0: Well, let's uh, let's go to your um, to the circumstances of your first NDE. Uh, you were driving at 99 miles per hour for a reason, right?
1: Yes. I was eight weeks into nursing school, and We were getting ready to go on break and the instructor decided that that day we would test out of clinicals. You know, you have to test out of certain things before you can go into the hospital. And that wasn't something that I had been prepared for because it was just a spontaneous thing. So my daughter was in second grade and I asked her. You know, how much time do I have? I need to pick up my daughter. It's 20 minutes there, it's 20 minutes back. Like, will I have enough time? And she just said, Well, if you don't make it back, then I guess you don't start clinicals. Wow. So I went into this panic and I thought, okay, well, I'll just drive there super fast, you know, like I'll drive a hundred miles an hour and I'll cut down this, you know, I'll cut down the time. And I could make it back in like 25 minutes. So I am, I, I'm driving 99 miles an hour. I look at the speedometer and all of a sudden I hit a pothole and I start going into oncoming traffic and there's a Mack truck coming, going about 50 some miles an hour. That was the speed limit on the road. And all of a sudden everything turned into slow motion. And I started having time. I just started thinking, well, you know, if I make it to the ditch in time, I can just drive my car out of the ditch. I'll get my daughter and I'll make it back to nursing school.
0: (laughs) No problem.
1: (laughs) So I didn't even have any fear. Like there was no fear in me that I was going to collide with this Mack truck coming. But then all of a sudden there's the Mack truck very, very close. And I heard you're going to be okay." It was the most beautiful, peaceful voice that I had ever heard, and peace came over me. And then I ended up on the correct side of the road, and a paramedic had heard the accident. He was a couple blocks away, and he did his assessment, and they took me to the hospital, and they said that I had a a concussion, a traumatic brain injury, and um During that time, um, I mean, I like the gifts hadn't quite kicked in yet because I, you know, I would open the garage door and see that my car was gone. And I thought someone stole our car and my daughter would say, no, mom, you were in an accident.
0: Right. Let's, let's take, um, did you hit the truck or did the truck hit you?
1: Well, I mean, we definitely collided for sure. Okay. I did not make it to the ditch in time (laughs)
0: because it's, it's amazing that you survived this at all. Um, And then as you must've felt yourself leaving your body, do you have any memories of what happened during that, uh, during that NDE?
1: I, it was like, I was just being wrapped up in this beautiful pink, loving light. Hmm. And all I felt was peace and the only injury that i sustained was a traumatic brain injury i didn't have any other injuries on my body
0: right did you see a did you see any um anyone that was saying you're going to be okay
1: i didn't i just heard this beautiful loving sweet voice hmm. and then that's when this warm gentle loving feeling came over me and it was It was as if I was just falling asleep.
0: And then you were back in your body. Yes. Well, tell us about your memory or or the lack of memory.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So the lack of memory. um, Oh, my goodness. I couldn't remember anything about my daughter. I couldn't remember people. The only thing I knew was that I had a daughter but I didn't have any memories of having her or any of the memories of her being young. All of that was gone, but I knew I had a daughter and I knew I was going to be a nurse. Those were the only two things that I was completely certain of. Um, I I would get lost where I was going. I couldn't even figure out how to put gas in the car. I would drive around the Gas pumps, and finally, I would just go in and say, I need help, Mm. and someone would help me. Or I would be driving and I would just be completely lost and pull over on the side of the road, and um, somebody would come and help me Mm. and help me get back home. But what was so amazing about that whole thing was that um, everything was taken away, like, there was no Worry, anger, sadness, you know, all the trauma, everything was just completely gone. And I was really blessed with giving, with receiving the gift of living in the now. And when I went back to school, I didn't understand the words. Like I would look at the words and I would, I asked the teacher, I said, what does this word mean? And she knew, like, this was right after the accident. She knew that something had happened. And so I, she arranged for me to get tested, to get accommodations, you know, like to get people's notes because I couldn't write and listen anymore. Um, I was dyslexic and, um, you know, people would say something to me and I would remember what they said for just one second. But if I saw something, I would remember that for about three seconds. And um, the instructor said, you know, maybe you should just drop out and begin again when you have healed. And I said, I'm going to be a nurse and I have a daughter. So whatever they were saying to me wasn't sticking.
0: (laughs) Well, well t- tell us about um, th- this was the amazing thing to me. I wish I had had this gift when I was going through school that you didn't you couldn't read. You couldn't remember uh, lectures or anything. But when you went into a test, the answers were there for you.
1: Yes, I was. I started having dreams about the tests and what the answers were and the scores that I was going to receive and what my classmates were going to get. And I, this was happening and I didn't say anything for a really long time. And finally, one day I just felt like I need to tell them. So I, I told this group of friends, you know, we had a study group together and I said, you know, the answer to this question is B (laughs) and you're going to select C and you're going to get this grade and I'm going to get this one. and." That was really profound because that's exactly what happened. And I had to be in a room with complete silence because anything, any distraction, any noise whatsoever, I just had to be really in a very quiet room, a space to take any tests. But while I was taking the tests, there was this book that was presented to me. So I was flipping through the pages of the book and getting the answers for the tests.
0: In your mind.
1: Yeah, in yeah. my mind. And then I began seeing inside people's bodies. So I went forward, you know, I was in clinicals and I was seeing things that other people weren't able to see. Hmm. Like, for example, there was a, an infant that... um had just been born. And I told the charge nurse, I said, we have to call the neonatologist. And I wasn't allowed to call because, you know, I was new and she said, no, the baby's fine. And I said, no, it's, it's in respiratory distress. It has seesaw breathing. And she looked and she said, no, it's fine. And I said, you have to call because Mm -hmm. if you don't, then it's on you. Because I I couldn't make the call. Mm -hmm. So she made the call. The neonatologist approached me the next day and he said, If you see and know something, don't let anybody ever stop you from making the call. And he said, Because you were right and you saved that baby's life. Mm -hmm. So those were the things that were happening. While I was in nursing school,
0: and until your memory came back, uh, you said your second grade daughter was your guide.
1: <laughs> yes, she was. Oh my gosh, yes, she. Oh, she's so brilliant. She would help me study. You know, we would be driving, and she would tell me how to get every to get to places. It was amazing. She had to grow up very quickly. She would call me to remind me to pick her up from school. You know, I would put sticky notes around the house, you know, for reminders. But then, you know, I would forget that I wrote a sticky note. You know, it was just <laughs> like, oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> you mentioned a little earlier that you thought your car had been stolen and she figured it out for you.
1: Yeah. She just said, Mom, no, you were in a car accident. It's not stolen. We don't have to call the police. <laughs> And this, this was like on a daily basis. And, you know, it went, this went on for a week because it was about a week before I got another car. Mm -hmm. So she started showing me pictures, you know, I mean, it was like, she just instinctively knew she got out some photos and just trying to help me recall things. And I just, I didn't recall anything, anything from the photos at all. Wow,
0: And it was at a healing service that, You started to regain your memory?
1: Yes. My mom took me to a healing service. This was two years after the accident. And there was a priest that traveled all over the world doing these healing services. And while he was praying for people that had brain injuries, I felt this swirling energy in my brain. And then my face got very tingly. And three days later, my short-term memory came back. And that was incredible, but I still didn't have my long term. I was without my long term for 11 years.
0: Wow. Between your first and your second NDE, there were some things that happened. Was that experience of walking the labyrinth between the two?
1: Oh, gosh. When I walked the labyrinth, that was after my second NDE.
0: Okay. I, I lost. I was going to ask you about that earlier, but go ahead, <laughs> talk about that.
1: Yes, that was incredible. Um, After the second NDE, I, wow, I wish that I would have asked to be healed before coming back because the healing journey was pretty, it was just very challenging. But I would go to the labyrinth. And as soon as I got to the labyrinth, I heard you're on holy ground. And Every time I walked the labyrinth, my pain would go away. And I walked it three times in a row. And I looked up and Jesus was in the middle of the labyrinth hovering. His body was in human form, but his face was light. It was just this beautiful, bright white light. And I had that same exact feeling that I had when Mary appeared to me. There was just this quietness and peace and stillness, and I just knew that something was going to be changing within me that had to do with healing gifts.
0: Now I'm going to jump back to between your two NDEs because I guess he went through kind of a dark time. I, I would think the the loss of memory would certainly contribute to that, and maybe your Catholic upbringing. I think I asked you about evil and you said you do believe in a dark realm and you had seen the face of evil. Yes. And you were been depressed for a long time.
1: Yes. Depression set in when I was about 11 or 12 years old. And, um, I think, you know, when we experience anything traumatic or if we take on any fear, it opens the doorway. and I remember, you know, I was suicidal and I just cried out to God one day and I said, give me one reason why I shouldn't kill myself. And I heard this very, it was so loud, so profound. God said to me, because I love you. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, okay, well, I for sure can't do it now. I mean, when you get a message like that, it's like, nope, I can't do it. God loves me. And then I started reflecting on the truth will set me free. I've been chosen for greater things. So I stayed in that faith of knowing that I would be free one day, completely freed of it. And I went to someone's house. I had met a group of people that prayed over each other. And um, he had handed me a little baby Jesus that someone gave to him a priest from another country that traveled all over the world. And I held it in my hand and he said, put this over your heart. And as he prayed, I saw the cross above me. And I felt a drop of blood go through the top of my head and went through every single cell of my body. And I just saw shackles breaking away from my ankles, my wrists, my head, all of it. It was completely gone. I was completely healed.
0: And did the depression end after that?
1: That very second, it was gone. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well, let's go on to your second NDE. Tell us about what happened there.
1: Well, I got exposed to mold and I went to see a friend of mine who was a naturopath and he gave me an IV and he put hydrogen peroxide in it. And that's what they do for cancer patients. And it was way too much for my system. And after the appointment, I broke out in a fever. And when by the time I made it home, I couldn't see it, like created this massive explosion in my body. And it was like looking through a fog and I could not get out of bed. Um, my blood pressure was dropping and I was just so, so sick. And one night I started to feel my heart getting very weak and thready, like it wasn't beating properly. Mm -hmm. And then my my blood pressure started dropping and I knew I was dying. And I just called out to my divine team of medical angels. Mm -hmm. And I said it so fast because it was like I only had a split second before I was going to be gone. And all of a sudden, my soul rose above my body and there were angels. There was a team of angels and they opened up my soul. They were pulling things out, putting things back in and working very, very quickly. And then I was in front of Golden Gates talking to God. And I was so close to God that it's as if, The only the best way to describe it is if you were to stand close to a mountain and you're so close that you can't really see how vast it is. It's just massive. And God said to me, because I'm seeing that one of the gates is open and I'm contemplating going and it's gold and it's beautiful. And there's so much love and you're free of everything. And God said to me, it's a mess down there. (laughs) <laughs> just like that.
0: <laughs>
1: and I thought, oh, I know I can't leave it like this. I have to go back and help people. And my daughter was getting married and I told God, I said, you know, I want to go to her wedding and I, I just have to go back and help people. And I looked down at my body and, you know, I'm in perfect health while I'm there. Like there's, you're just free of everything. So I really didn't even think about. Asking, like, okay, if I'm going back into that body, I want to be completely healed, you know, because I was already healed there. So those thoughts didn't even come into my mind. So I look at my body and then I just began floating through this time of nothingness. It was so peaceful. And then I ended up back in my body and I woke up and I knew that I had been healed enough to keep going. And that's when I thought, okay, I need to really dig deep about what this is all about and like what the mold exposure was about, you know, because there's always an emotional component to every illness. And I said, I want to be free of it all. And then it was revealed to me that the entire, the whole purpose of my first NDE and losing my memory and being able to live in the now, because when you aren't in your head thinking then the only other place that you can be is in your heart and that is what unlocks everything
0: hmm.
1: and i was shown how to support people on that path of being free free of everything free of the doubt the worry the trauma anything that they experienced that wasn't of the highest love and light to so that they could then live from their heart. So all of the pieces started coming together for me.
0: Is that when you learned this language, the light of the divine?
1: The light of the divine language came through. I had met some people that were praying and I went to them to ask them for prayer. So as I was coming back, I was praying out loud because I knew, I knew the truth is gonna set me free and I knew that I would be healed. But I just wanted the suffering to stop. And while I was praying, I started speaking in another language. It just flowed from me. Hmm. And I was praying out loud. And then I heard, you're in earth school. And I asked, what is this language? And I was told, it's the language of the light of the divine speak it and people will heal. So it was like, I was just given like little bits and pieces of things, you know, to bring clarity to everything, to put everything together. I felt like it was like a puzzle piece. And after I started speaking in that language, I couldn't stop speaking Hmm. in it. It was just constant. And then other things started happening. Like I was hearing this beautiful music that's in the universe. It was just so lovely. And then I would hear this other sound, ohm, the sound of the universe. And then I was seeing into dimensions in a different way. Because before my second NDE, I was seeing people that had passed, but they were just as clear as like, staying next to another person in the 3D world. And I started, um, it was just like every, all of the gifts that I had before were being amplified. And I was being guided as to how to connect with people's energy and then just getting more direction and just seeing everything even more clearly. And the information was coming in faster.
0: Do you still see the ghosts of people who've passed?
1: Yes. They were coming to me every single night looking for the light. And, you know, I would feel the presence and there they were. I would see them. So I decided I'm going to just put up a sign. The light is that way. (laughs) (laughs) And because I was just waking up all night long. This happening. And and then I thought, oh, I'm gonna put an arrow on it just in case there's someone who can't read. And there was a little girl that came to me and she said, Where's the light? And I said, I put up a sign for you. It's over there. And she said, I can't read. And I said, Look at the arrow. (laughs) I'm having conversation with them. And she said, Oh, thank you. And then she went. Wow. Yeah, So
0: just what direction is that arrow pointing in?
1: To the right. (laughs) To
0: the the right. No matter how you're standing, it's to the right.
1: It's always to the right, just like the picture, just like that picture of the tree. Oh, of
0: course, of course.
1: (laughs) Go to the right. That's where the light is. Yes, but I also was experiencing, like I was awakened in the middle of the night, um, seeing the other energy that is not of the light. And I woke up one night and I saw them trying to implant something into my brain. And I woke up, I said the armor of God, I just started praying and rebuking it. You know, I just stood in my authority and it left. And that's when I knew like, we are so vulnerable when we're sleeping. Mm. So we really, we must put protection around ourselves.
0: You had said you'd seen the face of a demon or Satan. Was that when that happened?
1: No, that was actually after my first NDE. I was renting a house in Davenport, Iowa, and I was getting ready to go to the sun porch. And all of a sudden I just saw the face and I felt the energy of it. And You know, I just rebuked it immediately and it was gone. You know, I just stated, I am a child of God. I condemn Satan to the foot of the cross and I bind you in chains. And it just was immediately gone. And then there was another time when I was with a group of people and they were wanting to create like a Christian church in this area that was not really in like one of the safest areas of the city. And they were talking about tearing a building down. And I said, there's people there. You can. I, there's people living there. We can't, where are they going to go? And they said, Krista, it's empty. And I said, no, it's not empty. I see them. I see them walking. There's children. And I see their mothers with them. So I was seeing things that other people weren't seeing. Mm. And then I was hearing thoughts that people were having. And I was seeing the energy of like, when one person was thinking of another person, I was seeing this stream of energy going between the two people, but also hearing what they were thinking about. And then I was also hearing what troubles that they were having, you know, maybe it was emotionally, or if they were having troubles in their marriage. And I don't hold any judgment. I'm completely free of any judgment. And I live completely from my heart with unconditional love. So when all of these things were happening, I would just send them love because love really does heal everything. And that's where we came from. We came from love. So we are love.
0: When you saw those mothers and children, were those Spirits, or was that a vision of the future when people might be living in that building, or was it a memory of the past?
1: They were spirits. Ah. And then I was in a space where inside this building they were redoing everything in the church, and I was just sitting there and I just started crying and I couldn't stop crying. And there's like 50 people in the room, and they just said, Krista, are you okay? And I said, These are not my tears. And I really didn't have clarity as to what was happening, but Mm -hmm. I was, I mean, now I know now it all makes sense, but back then, you know, I was just, it was like this gradual progression of the gifts coming in. And I was feeling all of this sorrow and the guilt that these people had been carrying with them. But I just said, this I know this is not my own.
0: So they needed that sign with the arrow.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Uh, And they, wow. And just to be set free. Yeah.
0: There was something that Lilia really wanted me to ask you about. There was a time when it looked like inevitable that you were going to crash into a car or a car was going to crash into you.
1: Oh, yes. So this was after the second NDE and I couldn't walk for months. I mean, I was in bed for so long. And one day I was able to drive and I thought, all I want to do is just go to the grocery store and get some food. I was just so grateful that I would be able to do that. So as I'm driving, I'm just in this very peaceful, neutral place, just giving gratitude for everything because I could see the blue sky and. I was able to walk to my car and I'm at a stoplight and I saw this white SUV coming. He comes to his light and it turns red, mine turns green and as soon as I go through my start to go through the intersection, he floors it. And I'm just in this place of observing, like I don't have any fear. And all of a sudden, my car just passes right through his and I can see him screaming. Oh my God. You know, he's in a state of panic Mm. and I'm just like floating right through his car. Like it's nothing. And then I went to the grocery store.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So not only you, but your car floated through his car.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. All of Uh. it. It was amazing. And I still just I just stayed in that place of peace and gratitude and when our vibration is at a certain level like that's what happens no harm can come to us we just pass through the dimensions and we just kind of float right through it
0: There was a time when you warned a friend that they shouldn't get on a plane?
1: Oh yes, I had this premonition And this was again, before my second NDE, it was somebody that I had a relationship with and we were no longer in a relationship, but I called him and I said, it was, I just, I didn't even, he didn't call me and tell me he was traveling, but I said, there's going to be a plane crash. Don't go. And he said, oh, wow. I was, I was planning this trip and and I said, it, the plane's going to crash. And he was going to leave the country. And he reached out to me later and he said, thank you. The plane that I would have been on, it did crash.
0: This wasn't your doctor friend, was it?
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Uh, all right. Well, tell our audience about the couple of occasions when you um, corrected his judgment. On things.
1: Okay. So I was having dinner with him and his parents. And his dad was having back pain and he had it for a long time. And I said, he has a cyst. He needs an MRI. And they did an MRI. And the person that I was in a relationship, he was an orthopedic surgeon and his brother was a neurosurgeon. So he did the MRI, sent it to his brother. They both looked at it and they, Came back to me and they said, there's no cyst. We couldn't find anything. And I said, look again. And I told them the exact location. I said, it's at T12 and it's on the right-hand side. And they looked again and they found it. Hmm. And then his dad had back surgery and removed the cyst and now he's pain-free. And then there was another time where he had brought me into the operating room with him. And I wasn't there all the time, but just sometimes, but I was supposed to be there at this time. He was doing a hip replacement and I'm looking at everything. Like he's looking at it on a screen, but I'm looking inward because I can see within the body. And I knew that it wasn't completely aligned. The parts were not completely aligned. It was like off by just like a teeny tiny, like less than a millimeter. And I just, he looked at me and I just shook my head. No. And he looked again at the screen and then he saw, it was like, I was communicating with him telepathically. Yes. You know, cause I'm thinking like it's here, go there and move it this way. And he did exactly what I was thinking in my mind. Wow. And then he says, I want everything to be perfect for my patients and I care for them as if they're my my own family.
0: Well, he should have kept you on to go to every surgery with him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now, another story you told me was about this man that you saw on the street and you asked if he was okay.
1: Oh, yes. I was with my daughter and we were in Tucson and we pulled up to this crystal shop and I look over to the left of me. And I saw this young man and I asked him, I said, are you, are you okay? And he said, no, I've been vomiting all day. And all of a sudden I saw his intestines and I said, your intestines are twisted and you've got to get to the hospital. And he said that same thing happened to my mom, Hmm. you know, a couple months ago. And it was a couple months ago or a couple of weeks ago. And I said, that's exactly what's happening to you, but you're going to be okay. So don't worry, but that's, that's what it is. And it can be corrected. So my daughter, you know, I'm very, at this time, you know, I'm very direct. So my filter hadn't come in quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever I would say, it was just like very Adamant, like, this is what it is. And this is what you can do to correct it. So we went into the store and my daughter approached his aunt and said, my mom, she sees things. This might come across as a little bit odd, but she knows what's going on with your nephew. And she just shared what I told them. Mm-hmm. They took him to the hospital. Wow. So it just happens when it's supposed to.
0: Give us a couple of examples of the kinds of healing that you've done remotely.
1: Well, I have done healings for people that have dementia, drug addictions. One man in particular reached out to me and he was born with a leg that was shorter than the other, and the leg actually grew. Even now, he doesn't have any more back pain. His spine is completely straightened. I've worked with people that have had tears, like a torn rotator cuff, um, anything physical going on. And when I work with them on the physical level, I always address the emotional component. I've had people that have reached out to me like for their loved ones that were in the hospital, really sick, or, you know, they didn't think they were going to make it. And I was able to I'm able to connect with their higher self to get permission, you know, if I'm not on the phone with someone. So gosh, I just recently I did a healing for a gentleman yesterday where his heart was broken. He really loved someone and he couldn't stop thinking about her and I just saw within his heart it was like this little teeny tiny area that was bruised and I was able to connect my energy with his, and it was as if I was holding his hand in my heart. And he started feeling all of this love come into him, but at the same time, he was completely free of having that sadness, the abandonment that he experienced from that relationship. I've done healing for people. Oh my goodness. When a friend of mine reached out to me who lived in Tucson and he was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver and he was not doing well. And I have these this technology, the Acuscope Myopulse, that I had been using previously before the other gifts came in. And he wanted to come and see me in person for a treatment. And I said, you know, I've experienced some things and I have some other gifts that I've received and I'd really like to um, treat you do a healing for you remotely. And he was very skeptical, but he wasn't able to make the drive because it was a two hour drive and he couldn't do it. And I said, there's a reason why you can't make the drive. It's because it's supposed to be done this way. And the gifts that have flowed in are beyond the technology that I had. It's beyond what any technology can do. So I did a healing for him and he felt different. And he said, I can feel it in my liver. I can tell it's healing. And he said, I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, and they're going to draw some blood work. And he reached out to me, and he said, my liver enzymes have improved. So we did another healing session. And now he's completely healed, and he's traveling all over the place, living a happy, healthy life.
0: Wow. (sighs) When I was a chaplain in the hospital, it was always sad to find someone with jaundice from their liver. It always seemed, you know, it was inevitably terminal unless they could get a a replacement liver. Mm -hmm. At that point, they usually were too far gone to recover. Yeah. Are you a grandmother yet?
1: Not yet. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Um, It's going to be any day now.
0: (laughs) Well, yes, I think you said possibly tomorrow was was the day, and I hadn't talked to you uh, about that. But tell, tell our audience, you have a premonition or you had a premonition or actually little angels came and told you something about your grandson-to-be.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, they told me that this little baby is an earth angel. And during the entire pregnancy, I see this gold light going into my daughter. and. Her baby is just, I mean, I just see all this gold, beautiful, beautiful light. And I did have a vision of the delivery and the light that was wrapped, wrapping around this precious little soul. Oh my goodness. It was violet light, it was gold light, white light, pink light. I mean, it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I told Kayla, I said, this baby is magic. <laughs> this <baby laughs> holds all of the magic within. He's so precious.
0: When God told you the profound statement that it's a mess down here, <laughs> did he uh, offer any suggestions? I mean, he did send you back here to work amongst the mess and he oh. gave you gifts to do it. Do you think about that from time to time and how we might straighten this mess out on a... It can't all be on your shoulders. We have to work on it too.
1: Yes. The mess is actually about helping people free themselves of everything. Mm -hmm. Letting go of it all. Just erasing the memories of what they experienced. Just transmuting it all. You know, forgiving everyone. and. Stepping into that place of oneness. Because when we remember who we truly are, we realize like we will be walking in that place of our sovereignty. We'll be standing in the truth of us, that we are God's light, that God is within us. And we are not separate. And every single one of us is that. Everybody's on their own journey. You know, we're in different places, but every single person, like if they were free of the spiritual warfare or if they were able to let their traumas go, like they would then remember who they really and truly are.
0: Krista, I'm sure there are people out there listening who would love to have you work on a problem of theirs. What's the best way for them to find out more about you and get in touch with you?
1: They can schedule a healing session on my calendar and they can get to my website just by typing in Krista Marie.com
0: and you should spell it. Oh yes,
1: It's spelled C H R I S T A M A R I E.com.
0: Krista Marie.com.
1: Yes. And it will take them to restorative health solution. Mm-hmm. And but it's easier just to type in krista marie.com. And then there's a calendar there that they can schedule a healing session. Um and you know, for emergencies, um, you know, my phone number's on the website. Um, you know, I'm I'm okay sharing my phone number because people have to be able to get a hold of me. And sometimes there's emergencies.
0: Yes. I guess they, they should know you're in California now. Yes. Lilia tells me that there are some wonderful comments, I guess, on your webpage from people who you've worked with who've benefited from your healing.
1: Oh, yes. There's been some of them that have shared their testimonials. And I'm so grateful for that because it really gives other people hope. You know, and it's spreading the light because we can all be free of everything.
0: Wow! Well, maybe we can overcome the mess.
1: Absolutely, yes. If,
0: we're, <laughs> if we were all working on it, now you had a vision of possibly healing groups of people in the future, and yes. uh, that might be uh, that might be a, another part of the answer to cleaning up the mess.
1: Yes. I did receive a vision of thousands of people being healed all at the same time. And I was, they've shown me how to do this, how all of the healing is going to happen. And when people are in a group, it amplifies everything because we are all connected. So when one heals, another one is healing. And even when I'm doing it on an individual basis, you know, it's still raising the frequency within others. But when it's done in a massive group like that, I mean, that's going to be the quickest way to actually um, <laughs> clean up the mess.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. healing healing one member of a family lifts the, sh- the load off the shoulders of everyone else in the family.
1: <gasps> yes, it does. And I received a phone call from a friend of mine in Tucson, and or I'm sorry, Phoenix, when I still lived there. And he had COVID. And I said, I'm being told to come to your home. And I said, I'm going to stand outside of your home, but I want you to stand in the driveway. And I heard when I do the healing for him, his wife will heal because they were both sick. So I went to his home. I did the healing, sent the energy, the what wasn't supposed to be there. And his wife immediately got out of bed and she said, I feel better. Wow. It both healed at the same time. Wow.
0: Well, I want to thank you, Krista, for this. This has been an amazing conversation and you're doing amazing, good work. And it's just remarkable. And I hope lots of people out there get in touch with you and that you're able to work through this program to help heal some of the mess in the world.
1: Thank you. I am here to serve the greater good of all of humanity, and I'm just grateful for it all.
0: KristaMarie.com. Krista, spelled like Christ, a Marie. Thanks. If Thank listeners you. would like to hear this show again or any of our more than 450 archived ad-free NDE interviews, go to TalkZone's NDE radio site and hit the past Shows button. Or go to our YouTube channel, NDE Radio with Lee Whitting, where you can subscribe to and comment on the complete NDE Radio library. And be sure to check out our NDE Radio Facebook page. Just search NDE Radio with Lee Whitting on your Facebook app. And listen again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern at Talk Zone for more NDE Radio. I'm your host, Lee Whitting, saying thanks for listening.